I because that again it flickers in the back of my brain of the anxiety, the Roseanne anxiety. Yeah, because I was Frontier like, Roseanne, which I is what it should have been called. <laughs> Frontier Roseanne, <laughs> <laughs> just all playing cards, all playing just these shitty handmade <laughs> cards. cards. But they don't have a table; it's just a stump pushing. Stump. They're all in with their feed. Just push those chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. I dropped my phone. So I just, and I cracked the, Ooh, uh, what do you right call that? The, the lens. Just a nice, yeah, looks right like it got eye. shot with a BB. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, well. That's what my photos will look like for (laughs) three, four years, maybe? On the receiving end of a James Bond bit. It's like I take these amazing photos of like, well, they're not amazing because of my phone, but like, it's like, oh, get a, Dell's walking, get a, get a photo. And she looks at it, she goes, well, can't get that one back. (laughs) Same. Ash has stopped asking me to take a photograph of anything. Because she's like, it just, you just don't, you just don't got it, kid. Do you, uh, like, uh, I, well, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Case. I'm Hans. Do you, does your photo library look like mine, where it's like, I sent you a picture last night, and in order to send mm-hmm. a picture, I gotta save it to oh. my photo library. So it's yeah. like, Dell, Dell, Ruby, guy giving thumbs up with a balloon animal boner. Dell, Dell, Ruby, guy with braided belt and hand in back pocket, Dell, Dell, Ruby, lineup of Jesuses, Dell, Dell, (laughs) Meg, Ruby, meme of Elon Musk. Yeah, oh no, same. It's just the, like, dirty graffiti, my child, my wife, my family, like you said, like a, a blurred pair of butt cheeks. Did I ever, um... I'm sure I didn't. Uh, I used, there was like a period of like two and a half weeks where I just sent Greg dick and ball pics. Yes, you, I remember you telling, talking about that. Yes. So just two and a half weeks, just randomly, could be midnight, could be 8 a.m., could be lunchtime. You got to catch him off guard. Once he gets into the groove, you got to, yeah, got to snap him one. Um, and so that was in my photo library, obviously, and I was in a, like, drawing 101 class, and it was me, a bunch of 18-year-old kids, and then an 80-year-old woman that was auditing the class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm working. She's like, are you working? There was projects we were working on at home, and then we had, like, um, uh, just, uh, not projects, but just little exercises we do in the class. And she's like, how's your project going at home? Like oh it's good it's good and she pulls it out she pulls out her phone and like shows me a couple pictures of the painting she was working on it's like a landscape and I was like oh yeah I got mine too boom open up the photos landscape landscape big old dingus right there (laughs) but just randomly I think my paintings must have been bad enough because she like just had checked out by the second one or if it was the third one. Yeah. That as it pulled over and I quick scrambled, I was like, well, I'm going to get 
I'm going to have to be knocking on my neighbor's doors now because I showed showed an 80-year-old woman my schlaz. Not here. But she just didn't register it or she just puts on a good poker face. And, oh, man. Uh, that, that's the best is she was just completely unfazed <laughs> by it. Right. In fact, she, I, I would have loved if she had just continued like, yeah, 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 landscape. Ooh, what's this? <laughs> this is far more interesting. This is my, uh, well, who was the photographer? Uh, um, he lived with Patty Smith for a while. Oh, I don't remember. Mark, I want to say Mark Mothersbaugh. It's not him. <laughs> I forget Devo his name. Fame? Uh, hey, he took a bunch of naked pictures. Yeah, besmirched, uh, Devo and Mark Mothers. Mark Mothersbaugh sent me dick pics. Oh, it have one of With those little, little, little funny on. hats on it. Oh, we're in the same page. Let's keep her going. Oh, man. Oh, I have a question for you because this happened to us yesterday. Okay. If you show up in a public park alone, are you crazy already? Or does the park itself as an entity turn you into an insane person? Oh, all right. Well, we need some details uh, what's so your we, age? We took Harvey to the park close to us because it has, I don't know if you've noticed this in the parks where you guys are at, Yeah, but they have every park we've sort of found that we like, that Harvey likes the play area, they have demolished the um, pre-existing, like, for, like this stuff that was built in the 70s. Okay, we played sure. on like. You know, it's fucking 15 foot tall, like, tornado slide. And monkey bars, made, rusty monkey, monkey bars. bars. Yeah. It's all made out of, like, wood, like, hard old wood or metal. Sure. Absolutely. Um, But I've noticed in the parks that we go to, they have, like, systematically taken all of that down. And right. replaced it with, like, it's as high as my computer desk is the extent of the play areas. It's just, like, a little hill. And a little slide. Yeah, they safe in all it. plastic, yeah. safe, super safety. So Harvey hates that stuff. She That's loves the lame. old, crazy, of dangerous equipment. So there's one park that still has some of that old stuff. So we go there. So we were there yesterday, and she's doing her rounds, going to her stations, doing this. And um, then she gets to the play area with the slide and the monkey bars, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like we hear <laughs> behind us. Yeah, oh boy. I, I turn and I was like, oh. And I see this rotund man in his 50s. Okay. With the flattest basketball you've ever seen. And he just goes, excuse me, sorry. Uh, I just gotta, I gotta hang on that bar for eight seconds. And Ooh. as he's talking, I realize he has no front teeth. Okay. Yeah. Jaunty okay. ball cap. And I was like, uh, yeah. You know, full New York. Ash and I both were just like, yeah, sure. So sure enough, no pull up, no chin up, just a straight hang. Static arming. Exactly eight seconds. No bend in those elbows. Just oh. straight. And then count to eight. And he's like, oh, oh, cool. Thanks. Walks out of the park. And I was like, I'm going to see him crawl into the storm. Drain. <laughs> no, <laughs> out of your well, life. A proper new truck full of equipment for Doing a job that he has. Sure. Okay. Also, he's he's was dressed the way I play basketball, 
jeans. Of course. Shoes, you know, like protégés. <laughs> uh, and I didn't realize he was, at the time, he was there shooting hoops and you just sort of like let it all sink in. But I was just like, this guy is everything right now. Because I was like, eight seconds, just solo shooting hoops with that. You know that. And it was one of those proper old leather basketballs. Oh, yeah. Because sure. my dad still had a couple of those from when he was growing up. Fuck, those things just... Bleh. Just, it's like yeah, shooting a watermelon. Wet. Just yeah. Peach wet. basketballs. It might, it might as well yeah, be a yes. watermelon. Watermelon the, covered in hide. So just this splatty looking basketball had to just what? And then off he went. Well, first of all, he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, I have a couple notes on that. Context is key there. Uh, that basketball reminds me, remember in the Laura Zingles Wilder book, like, I don't, like, they sold this to me, like, of course, this is a normal thing to do, they're on the frontier, but, like, their favorite toy was a set of inflated hog testicles? Do you remember? (laughs) No, I don't remember, how could I not remember that part? (laughs) yeah she was like they got it like speaking of christmas time like it was such a great christmas gift because they didn't think pa ingles was gonna be able to get anything because they got a bad snow you know paul ingles don't part with his hog testicles easily right he got caught in the snow and then he finally made it home and he didn't bring any gifts but he brought a drifter home so not only did he not bring any (laughs) gifts He didn't bring any gifts. He brought another guy, and I remember Ma Ingalls took him to the took the dad to the side and was like, you know, like we don't have any gifts for the kids, and how are we gonna split our stew with this drifter? So like he reverse gifted. He like took food out of their bellies because he's you know a moral man, but he quick apparently you know blew up a pair of hog testicles overnight. (laughs) And his buddy, the drifter, you know, was a, a hydesman. He managed to have, he had some, you know, reeds that he was able to to sew it together with. weird, he had that hook, that needle, yeah, that hit. menacing hook needle. That of did course, everything. why would a Caught drifter fish. not have a, yeah. a fucking cadaver fucking needle? And then it turned out okay, because the drifter also, like... Like, had a bag full of bees, so he had, like, wax to make Ma Ingalls a candle. <laughs> I am now picturing this drifter, in my mind, looks like the old man from Phantasm. Oh, yeah. Tall, gaunt, uh, balding, balding mullet. Let Would alone. like a bag of bees for Christmas? <laughs> and he was just dying in a snowbank that old Pa Ingalls tripped over. <laughs> So I don't buy I don't it. Think, I think the show really did put a shine on Paul Ingalls. Oh, yeah. That he probably doesn't deserve. Because that's some classic sitcom, dumb dad. I tripped over a drifter in the <laughs> snowbank, so I thought I'd bring him home. But he was just like drinking, this is you know, fucking... he was drinking wheat shine next to the river by his side piece is what <laughs> was yes. really going on. <laughs> it's fucking Huck Finn's dad who had the 666 on his boots because he was worried the devil's going to take his soul. And that's the thing, like, yeah, Pa Ingalls gets a good shine, like he's a hard-working man, but remember how cold they were in that cabin? Like, 
he didn't bother to like chink in between like the logs or whatever with sod. So like he just he just did the bare minimum. It was so windy in that cabin. They didn't have a chimney, so it was always filling with smoke. So so he was literally Dagwood, the actual Dagwood. Right? Yeah, exactly. He was just always, a dope eating sandwiches. Now stews, just stews a pouch like a leather pou- hog testicle pouch full of stew all the time. <laughs> he was always <laughs> spending time at church because he didn't want to spend. Church is the frontier. Football game. Church used he to just didn't want to spend what time with his wife. The internet. He's just like, nah, nah, you got to get out of this fucking church. You done, John. We <laughs> know right. it from our Lutheran upbringing. Just to like, can we fucking go home? <laughs> nope, nope. got to talk a little bit more. Nope. Yeah. Got to chat. Got to make the rounds. Church is his, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Sunday night lineup. <laughs> Got to talk to the pastor, talk about... <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to wait in line for that one. Talk about, you know, kettles and... Your hot observation gingham. about... Uh, I got to show the preacher my, my ox scrotum bag. And then didn't... And then wasn't he responsible for blinding his daughter? Like Right, she didn't get treatment. She had the scarlet fever and went blind. Right, because he trusted God or something? But he was just lazy. He didn't want to run into that drifter that he owed money to. It's like he was soaking his feet in the the creek. <laughs> exactly. Sleeping oh. on a log. They were all because I, you know, I know Laura Ingalls Wilder is based on her childhood stories, and you hear some incredible frontier stories about survival. They were always hungry, always cold. Yes. Never had anything um, to do. Minus the helium bag of t- testicle bag, they so they're always bored. Never medicine, like they did no, not never do well. Never food. Never like they are what you hear about the the pilgrims. Now that we are learning more about history, like how did you people make it live this long? Right, because you don't know anything, nothing. Like you said, you don't even keep it. It's and this is like old, this is pre-climate change South Dakota. Yeah. So this is some hard terrain. There's nary a tree in sight. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen a tree since Minnesota. Right. It's just sod and long grass. Prairie. And you just dig a hobbit hole. And look, I left the front door open. Sorry. The hogs got scarlet fever. Right, that's, uh, yeah, and yeah, he doesn't know how to cook a pig, so they all have trichinosis. Oh, remember, <laughs> like, and you know, like, so one day, he's always coming mysteriously home with stuff. I remember one day he came home with maple syrup. He didn't have any maple trees, so he's sucking syrup out of, you know, some hard-working sods <laughs> tree. He comes home with maple <laughs> syrup, and for a Christmas treat, they just pour maple syrup in the snow. And have like oh my God, syrup yes. treats. I because that again it flickers in the back of my brain of the anxiety, the Roseanne anxiety. Yeah, because I was Frontier like, Roseanne, I, which I is what it should have been called. <laughs> Frontier Roseanne, <laughs> just all playing cards, all playing just these shitty handmade <laughs> like cards. cards. But they don't have a table; it's just a stump pushing. They're all in with their feed. 
Just push those chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, just nuts. Oh, man. <laughs> like they're animated fucking squirrels. I mean, basically, to stop in the prairie of South Dakota, you got two reasons. You're tired, or yes. you know that tribe is waiting for you around the bend, and you're just like, you know what, I'm good. It's too far. The rest of the way, that whole Oregon Trail, that shit, is, it's too far. Like, I get why people stop, because you're like, wait, what? There's more of this? No trees, cold, snow. Mountains. And then there's mountains? Yeah. You're like, ah, you know what? Caulk the wagon. We live here now. <laughs> this is it. We live in the middle of nowhere. Of fucking nowhere. So, absolute nowhere. Where we live... For the listener, where we live, or grew up in Watertown, South Dakota, Casey, you'll know this perfectly. If you drive from Watertown to Minneapolis, there is a stretch from around, I want to say, Millbank to a place called Montevideo, and Mm -hmm. nary a structure, a tree. If you drive it at night, it is the the blackness of space, because they don't have lights along the road or highway or whatever, and... It, you're just, but it's only like a 15 minute stretch, 15, 20 minute stretch. I just can't even comprehend just having a shitty, windy hut in the middle of nothing, except for a church and some drifters it, in the distance. It never really set in for me until I read this amazing book about Custer. Okay. I have to look up the name of it. And it's it hops between Custer and then the Sioux tribe, but then sort of coalesces around crazy horse because the the end is the, you know, uh, the end of Custer. What was this Uh, fat buddy's name that didn't that hated it. They got into fights all the time. And he's just like, you know what? I think Custer's good guys. Let's hold off. He had an amazing name. I always picture him as the actor from dances with wolves. The one that shoots himself in the head. Yeah. Pisses himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to get us off. Um, but yeah. it wasn't until I read that book and you had these Irishmen and fucking Eastern Europeans. They're all from New York City. They're all from the East Coast. All right. They have lived their lives in civilization, like civilization that's thousands of years old. And you don't quite get like how unsettling it has to be to go to this place. And it was like they described it. They're like, these guys would just talk about it like it was the ocean. It's like they were going into the ocean because it was just grass and nothing. It was fucking hot. And they were just like, they had wagons with water. And they were like, I think I'm going to die. I've never seen a green desert before, but I don't know what to do. And I was like, fuck, I can't imagine wearing a fucking wool right. suit. Marching through like a South Dakota summer when it's 99 degrees, no shade because there's no fucking trees because trees don't grow there unless they were planted by human hands. So what are they eating? Grouse? They're eating Snakes? Like, mice and shit. Like, you know, like jackrabbits. Because they can't. And they were just like, di- like, just the description of these guys talking about marching to uh, into oblivion, which they didn't realize at the time, but it's going to be bull run the battle of bull right. run which is literally and even that was fucking horrifying because the guys that survived talked about just hiding 
they just hide on a hill. Oh, Not yeah. like a giant hill, but like a, a hill that's just four feet above elevation and just enough of an incline where they could keep their heads down and shoot down to people that came close. Well, and they were and behind they their horses. Sat. Yeah, their dead horses. Like, you're just, it's so, like, I was like, oh my god. And then I just think about, you know, childhood and where we're from. And I was like, oh yeah, if you ever had to fight a war here, you would, this is... Like the Bhutan Death March. Like, right. There's like, nothing. This is the there's worst nothing terrain to... on the planet. Uh, I love, love, love the image of. So um, ultimately, Custer had had some success uh, prior to his last stand. And they're what they're. They were they were awful people. They were marauders. The way they would defeat these tribes is they it was um, no holds no mercy war so they would go into a native village and take prisoner women and children and everything like so they would hold them they just they had no qualms about anything until they surrendered so they were only used to these smaller tribes and you know this from the i'm uh, tell me if i'm i'm wrong from the book you read these smaller tribes but crazy horse got all these tribes mm-hmm. together so it became the biggest roaming yeah. um s- native village around but custer didn't know that so when they went over the ridge they're like well we're just gonna go over and take this oh. village and they went over and it was thousands of people and not just and women and children they ready. were fucking warriors and they were ready oh no, my god they talked about it in the book and i was like oh my god if two like to have seen that would just because they would crazy horse and then the warriors would get on horseback and just ride hard ride like left right left right to get up the dirt and they would create this giant plume of dirt and dust and it would get caught in the wind and that's how they would mask their numbers and mask the women and children moving to another location. Right. Yes. So yeah. These right. It's like marched over and they're like, holy shit. That's a, the cloud of doom. That's fucking the coming from Mordor, just this dirt cloud. And then you're like, oh, we are absolutely fucked. Oh yeah. His they brother was there, with him too. Ready. They Tony just... Custer. Tony, Tony C. T-C? Tony Custer was with him. There was so that his like last move because it was Benteen was that scumbag's name. Benteen, yes. Um, they were getting no reinforcements, so Custer had like his little scouting crew with him, right? And he was like, when they went up the ridge, their goal was to go down in the village and no holds barred, take everybody. And they got up there and they go like, "We are fucked." But he was like, "Well, let's just go down there anyway, and we'll take a few of them." And that'll bring them to their knees. And they started guy. down and all the other guys were like, uh, nah, let's just die on this hill. Oh, God. Um, uh, good old Custer. And it's just like that. It's so, it was so fascinating. But yeah, it just made me think of Cheldon and went, oh yeah, this, this, yeah, I get it. Do you? you don't quite get how desolate it is until you like tweet. Yeah, you gotta be that, there. Yeah. That Laura Ingalls Wilder. Your dad just sold your life savings for a two left shoes. Right, exactly. Got nothing. Got a piece of licorice. No food. Your yeah, your house is literally built out of reeds and shit. Um, do you remember it was so 
this was early in our lifetime and it was either late 70s so maybe it was playing on replay or it was early 80s and it might have been made for tv but i'm not sure it was custer's last stand that could have been the name of the movie and i feel like maybe custer was even played by like robert redford or something remember this movie maybe no it probably wasn't redford but it was still before the shift in like understanding that like he's not a hero custer's not a hero right so they've done research now and they're like custer's last stand didn't mean custer was the last to go down in glory like custer got shot in the head pretty early oh yeah and everybody old tony custer they got his ass just through the temple but this movie and i remember even as a kid like Something doesn't seem right because they showed him as the hero and his men. We're going to go down. This is our last stand. And they take some Native Americans with him and they go. And then Custer takes a few gunshots right at the end and goes down and it like kind of goes dark. Uh, and I'm watching this as a kid because then they even. And, and maybe this happened because it was the glory of war it was like just show like these scumbags are ours they're not going to the other side well yeah so the women would come and they would desecrate the bodies oh yeah because it's like go fuck yourself so the end of this movie is these women and they're not depicted appropriately these native women coming um quite ravage like mm-hmm. depicted beastly in this movie yeah. made for tv movie and then it showed them the movie ended with them like ripping these guys ears off and oh yeah they and would fucking, balls like, and shit stick shit in your eyes yeah they would fucking stab you in the testicle if you were still alive they made sure you felt every oh, moment yeah if you were before. still alive they allowed their children to smash your fucking head in with a rock I mean, and I... Those are the accounts. These guys are like, I heard my friend screaming, and I stuck my head up long enough to see a five-year-old kid bash his fucking brains out with a stone. Hey, you know what? If my family for generations had been slaughtered... You started the absolute war, so we will continue the absolute war. We will finish it. Yeah, man. It's just... How it is. You might have been just a jobber doing your job, but you picked the wrong side. the thing it was like reading those letters in that book of these guys and it was something just as simple as they talked about before they set out on this last track that would end up being uh custer's last stand they talked about like oh i had my buddy hans he had to cut my hair yeah just cut it close and tight and it was just because of their like and that was the thing about Custer, because he had that long, blonde Beautiful hair. hair, yeah. All the soldiers were cutting their hair close because of, they didn't want to, they didn't want their body, they didn't want to be scalped. Oh, for want a, f- oh, gotcha. To lose their hair, so they, or to be desecrated that way. So these guys are just like, hey man, will you cut my hair? I'll cut your hair. It was just like, super, it's just this very common, just like, yeah. And it's just that realization of like, yeah, yeah, I cut my hair because I don't want someone to like rip it from my dead body. Or live body. that's why they were like, Custer, he don't give a shit. He's going to fuck what? 
I you know just, and that just played into. I love his the image of the five-year-old kid with this beautiful, long, flowing, <laughs> curly blonde <laughs> hair so going weak. down that hill. The so um, apparently the whole this whole um, concept of scalping it's not even it's it shouldn't even be laid on the feet as it has been for gen- yeah. years that like Native Americans are the Native. Americans are savages because they'll scalp and do that. Apparently, it was like French fur traders oh, yeah. and Americans. They are the ones who did that shit because they're fucking out of their minds. And then it just it's got reversed trappers. because Native Americans were like, you take my our scalps, we're going to fucking take, take yours. And then, you know, it just because the media gets swayed, you know. On it, it's biased towards Americans. They're like oh, they sure. fucking scout people. Not saying you and know. totally that French Canadian. Then it gets skewed because exactly. then when they, after all of that, after when the Comanches were still actively fighting the U.S. government, that's how the scumbaggy U.S. government was like. I understand you can't. They're like can't bring teeth because teeth can come from fucking anybody. Just oh, yeah. take the top of their head off and bring them in, and I'll pay you a, a nickel for every every Comanche that you kill, and then scalp. So that also feeds into it, because that's how they were keeping fucking track. That's, this and then is they'd brutal. be like, nah, 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 that's Mexican. Like, that was the big thing. Like, these fucking marauders would go to Mexico and just kill a bunch of native Mexicans. Mexicans, and they're like, nah, nah, that's Mexican hair. Who's the guy with like the uh Who's the, yeah, the loop the, little, the, the, the <laughs> loop looking at the <laughs> hair follicles early forensic scientist Good god so disturbing Parting with those nickels It's like when McKinley when we uh because of the what was it the Spanish American War over Cuba we also ended up getting a piece of the Philippines and oh, the yeah. Philippines were like oh great democracy we've been lifted of our I, because I think it was Spain, yeah, Spain. We've been lifted Spain, of yeah. our captors, and then America's like, uh, yeah, democracy. And then they took over, and then we put like a bunch of soldiers there. And the Filipinos, um, they were like, oh shit. yeah. So the I don't think it was called donging, but like their message, their stop sign was fucking kill a soldier, hang him upside down, dick balls, dick pick right in the mouth. So you're Ooh, going through the, the jungle and you're looking for your platoon and you see that. Can you imagine? That'll fucking... Mm. That'll mm. curl your toes. Oh, yeah. No, that's a... You need to you need to go lay down. Yeah. Oh, my God. With my eyes open, by the way. I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> I'm never closing my eyes again. I'm never getting a Paw Ingalls nap, ever. Yeah. Oh, nothing but. 23 hours a day. What did Paw Ingalls do, I wonder? Bring it all back. Farmer? What do you farm? I don't nothing. recall seeing any fields. Good times, man. <laughs> I think he was like a pastor's assistant or something. What do you think he was one of those low... <laughs> lo-fi guys like just obviously he we're, he's known as a farmer May, he might have been but a carpenter hard work is he the guy that's just eating rodents and just catching it's like you know we're eating tonight possum because i found it on the side of the road nah he's the guy that hangs out at the church too long and got an ear open and he hears you know old man duggar talking about mending a fence and he's like 
<clears throat> I can do it for you. You know, Pulls those pants up a little bit. <laughs> Heard you need a got my hammer man. in the wagon. So everybody, so now everybody's livestock is out running around, and the town's starving because he doesn't know how to fix a fence. Every fence he's mended just is fucking like these jank. There's just a bunch of janky fences in Desmet, South Dakota now. That's why they call angles. it. Ah, uh, you got an ang- you got angled. What's your? That's where it comes from. Hey, buddy, what's your angle? <laughs> What's your angle here? <laughs> I want to get paid twice as much for half the work. Yeah, he was just early on. Imagine how many high rises would fall on Miami Beach if Paul Engels was the uh, fucking yeah, foreman. Way. Just using cheap wood, ch- cheap labor, his blind daughter. So he's, just a, he's just a carny without the circus or the travel. Yeah, just selling his they wares and we all know what his wares are. A long fucking story, dude. A lot of hog testes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, yeah, I'd be curious to see what kind of spin. I want to hear, I want to write the the diary of the neighbor talking about right. the Ingles, yeah. who are probably more like the Bumpuses or... Who were the family? Nellie Olson, the Olsons. Oh, the, the Olsons. The, weren't they the, 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 the heels of the show? Yeah, they didn't she get a good the- spin at all. They had the ice house. They were rich enough to have ice. They no, really? Yeah, I remember a whole episode about the ice house. How could they have I ice? Because I found it fascinating. It is fascinating. How did they have ice? There's no electricity delivered from fucking northern Lake Okaboji. Oh, they were rich, man. Ice delivered. What were they icing? River water? What were they having ice? Oh, meat. Because uh, they stuff? ran the general store, so they had all of the meat. Because oh, I remember just like, wait, what? The community, everyone puts the, all of their meat in one room? Community Big meat? chunks of ice? <laughs> yeah, they ran the general store. They oh, were wow. That is... I think Laura left the door open so the ice melted. Oh, my God. Oh, Paul Ingalls worked on that freezer door. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Put a, put a screen door in. <laughs> What's his angle? But he... uh <laughs> It is like if you run the general store in the prairie oh, town, yeah. you're like Deadwood the Crips running the food train in uh, Rikers. It all goes Gang through you. Peppermint for days, baby. If, if you want your peppermint sticks, if you want your maple candies, your meat. To pour in the snow because you're a poor. Yeah, poor. Yeah, for sure. It's funny to be, it's all relative, right? To be the Richie in the prairie town. Because you are just one step. You're like King Louis the Sixteenth. You are one step oh, yeah. from getting hung, strung all upside down. Yeah. The moment a few of it's your like, neighbors are too shit. hungry, yeah. you're two, out. Two neighbors? Done. Done. If I go to the Frywald house and I'm like, this piece of shit who runs the fucking general store, he's gouging me? Oh. Fucking dumb dad Ingles fucked it up? Let's just go to his house. Take his shit. And you're not. We run the general store now. You might not be gouging you. The prices from New York or like the orange juice futures might be slightly well, higher. But if you're a fucking prairie Ingles, if you're a prairie man, you don't understand why two months ago you're man. paying two cents a bushel for corn and now you're paying three cents. That fucking general store is going on fire because prairie people are ridiculous too. They'll burn up all their food before. They give another nickel to the old general master. <laughs> general master. Fuck you, general master. <laughs> Paul Engels wearing his beautiful <laughs> scalp. 
<laughs> of a drifter wearing his drifter off. scalp. <laughs> oh man, it's Custer's own. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a horse's tail sewed together. Custer's yeah, own creepy friend. That's Custer's own vagina and asshole. Just a long, beautiful <laughs> mane on it. That cascades down. Oh god, that's well coiffed pubic hair, Custer. They should bring back Prairie Roseanne. Uh, Frontier Roseanne. I would watch it in a because he's a dope. If you played it somewhat straight and like. I know we have the image of that we were given from the original of the what can, can I think of the fucking actors? Michael Landon. Michael Landon, Highway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. America's dad. Touched by an angel. Um But he was too good. We all know that. Handsome He's angle. Not bringing drifters home. I'm casting Which Steve is- Buscemi. Ooh, that would be good. That well he's the drifter. Can you imagine young Steve Buscemi? Oh As yeah, absolutely. That's it. Perfect. I, yeah, he's more. I would say he's a general master. He'd be a he's good a general, general master. master. I say, how about this, Adam Driver? Because Adam Driver can pull off dopey scumbag. Yeah, I mean, he'd be amazing. He's got a he's he's got a frontier look to him. Well, he's rough, rough and tumble, military man. I think off. I think the prairie ladies might cream their ginghams <laughs> though. I think you need more like uh, you need a little. You need something a little closer to like uh, uh, not Adam more Sandler. Weasley. Um, Weasley, Adam Sandler. I would. Oh, if one, give me one fucking season of Little House on the Prairie where fucking Adam Sandler is Paul Ingalls and he plays it fucking straight, straight. and he's a dope. Uh, Who get an Emmy? Show ever made if, if only we could pitch it i could see him doing that he's never done it well they made like a horrible western like oh that's right i i, I think that's the only adam sandler movie i couldn't get through because Un- it was too racist or some weird shit it was, it was one of his first netflix movies yeah because even my parents my father doesn't watch many movies right but he'll he's a sucker for a western because he's a Prairie sure. man himself. Yeah, he's of these and certain he, age. It should be called Generation Western. The <laughs> way they love their westerns, for sure. Don't get him started on Yellowstone. Sure. Um, Generation Western. Uh, no, but he, even he was just like, I know you like Adam Sandler, but this movie's a piece of shit. It was like he, really bad. He was like bewildered, like how bad it, it was. It was bewildering. I don't even think I Netflix see in his eyes. carries it it's anymore. It's like he saw Adam, Sa- Adam Sandler had just hung up his idea of comedy in a tree and stuck his dick and uh, balls uh, in his mouth. Tied comedy to two horses and slapped, and slapped, slapped the other. backs. There is a new Western out. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it's getting a lot of buzz. Oh, yeah. It's got a Benedict Cumberland batch on it. Mm-hmm. There are two, actually, that are both on Netflix. One is about, uh, it's got Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. I think that's directed by, she kicks so much uh, ass. Um, or she might be just be in it, but I think she might be the director um, from The Watchmen. I can't think of her name. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, they use actual historical characters that were uh, uh, African-American. Like, right. Because the whole thing was like most of the actual cowboys that ran cattle yes. were 
we're black. The Lone Ranger is based on an African American. Oh that's yeah, a, it's that's the, um, uh, what's his name? Fucking God, I can't think of his name. Now it's not Batlash. That's a fake oh, cowboy. No, the Bat Masterson, but that's not who we're thinking of. Batlash. Oh, Batlashes. Batting his eyes at you. Comics cowboy. That guy. That guy. uh, Paul Ingalls visits him when uh, old (laughs) Old Moths put him on the couch. Batlash got a bag full of moths. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So many uh, because wouldn't you get the fuck away from these, you know, lunatic bigots on the East Coast and just go west? Go west, young man. That that dope fucking Paul Ingalls out on the prairie. Yeah, the prairie levels the playing field. You know what I mean? It really evens things out. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. You know the angle. Yeah. He's always a general master, though. Uh, By the way, just general master. I've been meaning to say it to you. It just so happens that this brought it to mind. Have you ever seen the Harry Potter movies? Uh, I think I saw, I saw the one with Gary Oldman in it. So, in Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. this is wild to me that this movie isn't, because it's so on the nose. Mm -hmm. Like, I was hearing uh, a thing today on West Side Story, and they were analyzed, so there's a new West Side Story out, right? They were analyzing both West Side Stories because the four gentlemen, Sondheim... Hammerstein, the four gentlemen that are responsible for the making of the Mm -hmm. play and then movie and then um, Kushner and Spielberg made the remake. They're all Jewish men. And Mm -hmm. so they were like, well, that's interesting that four Jewish men created a show uh, about um, Puerto Ricans and Italians, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, And they were saying, you know, like, how can you tell your original story? Yada, yada, yada. All right, going back to Harry Potter, there's characters that run the bank. They're called Gringotts. And in the movie, they are portrayed, and they must be in the description of the book, they are caricatures that could jump off of Nazi propaganda posters. They are small. Basically goblin looking with big noses counting their coins. My jaw hit my chest when I was watching that with Ruby. Oh, and that, I was like, there's George Lucas jumped out of his chair and went, yes. Oh, yo, I'm my... not the most weird racist anymore. That guy, the, the Guado in the George Lucas movie, Watto, that guy looks like a Gentile that just converted (laughs) compared to these characters. I was, I am shocked. Just look up an image of, all right, hold on. And I'm not the only one. Obviously, I had to look it up and go, am I crazy here? No, this is just really slipped one by the goalie. Uh, Cool, make it a goblin, make it an orc, like a fantastical creature. But you have to take into account that image. Oh, come on. It's not even CG. No, it's no. Yeah, it's practical effects. It's just. Make them like. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's 
It's that too much, yeah. right? It really is a lot. Like, make it fantastic. Make them or like green or red. Right, right. You got to do something to make it fantastical because you're right. That is just a character of a Jewish person in a necktie. And that's Warwick <laughs> Davis. Just... One of them is Warwick Davis. The main. Notorious and, anti-Semite Warwick Davis. Oh my God! Yeah, it's very—that's the word. It is wildly anti-Semitic. Um, and why was that? No, but that imagery—you oh. gotta take that into account. Like, how did that get by people? How did that get by people? And people are like, nobody, nobody for the amount of studio notes I hear go down. Because for all I know, I didn't read the book, so maybe she's just talking about because bankers in general. Yes, white, Jewish, black, whatever—they're sure. scumbags because yeah. they're they're bankers. they're squeezing you, and they're all corporations. Yeah, I should say corporations. Maybe the individual bankers have some mm. good qualities, but the corporate banker—that's fine. So I get villainizing them, but nobody went to set and was like, "What's what's going on? What's going what? on here?" Can we all just take it? Let's let's sit. Take a Can five. We all sit down for a second. Hey, I'm Warwick, pull up on can my you come phone? here? Can you look at this and then look at this and tell me what do we see if here? If they're similar cuz this was this was tacked on a shopkeeper's door in yeah, 1933. Exactly. Can we take 2 inches off of Warwick's nose here? Because that's not in the book, all right? <laughs> Just hitting the lens. <laughs> um I don't know how we got on that, but hey, did you know here's here Big, quick transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, it's all a good transition because a new Guinness World Record was set. And apparently it Ooh. jumped our line because I've never heard from the Guinness people yet. Not even a fucking you're an insane person. Right. Um, Not even a we got your we got your email. Thank you. And your five dollars. Um, <laughs> Guinness World Record for the largest joystick. Nine feet joystick made. It was made at like MIT too. Uh, let me see. That's yeah, a well, okay. All right. I mean, that's an attainable Guinness. Yeah, but you and I could make a ten foot tall joystick. Uh, giant controllers, nearly fourteen times the original size of the classic RT Atari CX forty controller, according to Flanagan. It was commissioned by the London's House of Technology, crafted from wood, steel, and rubber. So I don't even know if it works. I was going to say, do you have, does it have to work? Oh, it's held in Germany. Ooh, they're up to something. And it was Dartmouth. She worked with a team of experts from the Brooklyn Navy Yard. What does that mean? This is a lot going on. Like, I think you and I need to beat this record. And we can do it in an afternoon with paper mache. We don't need expert dock workers. That's what I like. Brooklyn Navy Yard is a is a place. It's yeah. not like a like you can't get a degree from the Brooklyn Navy Yard, right? That's uh, see this uh, this this reeks of some sort of CIA inside baseball. Flan- so it they took a break from their project on feminist artificial intelligence. It's a good break. I don't know. Games themselves are almost like little universes, and we can invent possible futures in them. 
It's my hope that maybe we could feel optimism because of play and maybe break down some barriers and be together. I missed some context there because it's just a giant joystick. I say that to get into this. Have you seen I'm the still movie? Like, like the feminist AI. Is... Oh yeah, we're gonna take you down. Um. Generate discussion and group play. Oh, probably because it's probably because of like the anti. It's probably because of the social Ooh. structure of even technology focusing on shit. the man and yeah, all that bullshit. The uh, so that would that would actually make sense. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, my that was a transition. Did you see the movie Eight Bit Christmas yet on HBO? No, I have not. Are you familiar with it? I've seen the ad for it. Does that have um, um, Neil Patrick? Think of Neil Patrick Harris, yes. Neil Patrick Harris, and it's a story about uh, he's relaying his story to his daughter who wants a phone for Christmas about how he really wanted a Nintendo for Christmas. Okay. And it's really like right on the mark with like only one kid in the neighborhood had a Nintendo and he was the rich kid so and he was a jerk oh, so everybody had to befriend the rich kid. I had to paw Ingles up to that kid for yep, yep. a few years of my life. He gets the power glove, so he's like, like, the rich kid also gets the power glove, so he's like the coolest kid on the block, but then he gets beat because the power glove is garbage, so he kicks a TV and breaks his TV, so now nobody can play <laughs> Nintendo. Again, right on the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this kid just like works his ass off to get a Nintendo, and he never gets it. And I was just, it took me to back to, was there, what, is there a specific gift for Christmas that you wanted and never got? Or is there one gift that you just so desperately wanted and it like is indelible? It's like that one gift and maybe you got it. But as you look back, it's like, why did I want that thing so bad? Or got anything like Uh, that? I'm trying to think of like... I know we've made the joke before, but I remember, I think it's the only gift that my uncle ever gave me, but it was on my, it was not Christmas, it was my birthday. Yeah. He desperately wanted the fucking Nintendo Ninja Turtles game. Oh. And not the first one, the second one that was based off You could of actually the make the arcade, arcade version. Cabinet. The first one's insanely hard. And I don't know why he bought it for me. I don't know why... But it was some. It's what I wanted to ask for, and I knew I was never going to get it. And he was just like, eh. "His boots were the too cool, tight." Cool uncle now, and that's what I got. So I was like, "This is the greatest." Uh, I will say it's probably all Nintendo based because I begged and begged to get Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest. Sure, I remember and it. For those of you who aren't who are not familiar with the Castlevania trilogy, Simon's Quest is the hardest video game ever made. By you, Billy. It's close. That's frustrating. Simon's Quest doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, Because the original Castlevania is a classic 8-bit side-scroller where you're just moving across a map with your whip, killing fucking monsters and shit. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is back in the the early 90s, so it's like, oh, they're making another one? It's a two? Gotta be twice as good as one, then. Because that's the law of physics. That's how it works. Two beats one. Uh, so you get the game, and the game is just like this maze. Like it's like a really early sort of like role playing game. Like, so there's little to no action, and when it is action, 
it is so fucking difficult. Like you can't, you don't have enough power. You don't have a strong enough whip to kill anything. So you just go whip, 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 and then gotta run away. And then you whip, 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 and then you just die. And the game has a built-in clock where it's nighttime. It goes night to day. Sure. So during the day, it's easier to kill things, and then at night, it just nothing is. You can't see anything. You can't go to the healer, and you just. We're like, okay, cool. So I spent an hour and I got, I just got outside of this town. It's very much, if you could make a game that feels like living on the prairie, that would probably be the game. Because oh. you don't live very long and you got, there's a lot of dealing with the general masters. Uh, not, a, you, not a strong enough whip. You need to get healed a lot and you need to buy equipment. I guess that it's like Oregon Trail, kind of. Yeah. Except for you just stop the you you're stopped before Oregon. You're those people. You're the Frywalls. Oh yeah. Um, because you killed five thousand pounds of bison. That I was gonna. That was the only game. I can't think of anything else that I desperately wanted. Got most of it, but most of it, like for us, it was like if you want a Nintendo, you and your brothers gotta work together and save up and buy it. You got to group up. Yeah. I think so. My the Nintendo was my brother's. I was coming like a generation or two later. So I was either between a Super Nintendo Mm -hmm. or a Sega Genesis. And I was just reminded by Jesse because I wanted a Super Nintendo. And he like Grimmius Wormtongue got in my ear. He's like, Because he was like, remember, I <laughs> yeah. I was like, we should get a Sega. And I was like, you got in my ear and turned me inside out. So I was like, no, mom, you know, I really think I need a Sega Genesis. It's the greatest, you know, it's a much better system. And then so the only thing I got from it, I got a Sega and I learned how to catch every single ring on the first three levels of Sonic the Hedgehog and got like no other games except for. What's the game where you get to pick between Hunk, Little Dwarf, and Chesty Barbarian? Oh, um, it is the uh, uh, Golden Axe. Golden Axe, which is amazing in the arcade. Horrible experience on the uh, oh, yeah. Sega Genesis. Just or the night other... and day. Didn't have the old Altered Beast? Rise from your grave. I had... Uh, that game is also... I rented a Earthworm Jim, rented a lot of games. Um, but my main gift, and in retrospect, I was like, I'm an insane person, was just a Michael Jordan duffel bag because I wanted to... Like, I was really into sports, but just the idea of sports, like just wearing yeah. sports as a veneer. So, yeah, like... Yeah. I Kind of like we are now. Based, yes, that's it uh same same game and so i found out like later it was like my grandparents bought him because it was like a 50 dollar gym bag basically from like shield sporting goods and i got it and then i just proceeded to put any sports gear in it i put a football in it i put a basketball in it Broken put a baseball stick. in it put a put a baseball bat in it a baseball glove so like and then just PC walked around Jones with sports equipment yes yes that's what it is <laughs> hey, and you guys what do you guys want to play I got a cricket bat, a hockey stick. 
And then you want to show off your treats, right? So I was your like, well, yeah. this is my book bag now. My parents are like, that's not your book. This giant Michael Jordan <laughs> duffel bag. And you didn't, in fourth grade, you in didn't it. even need books. Yeah, exactly. But that was the oh, gift. That was the gift. The Michael the bag, Jordan huh? gym bag. That's perfect, though. I know that feeling because when you get something like that, because I was always like, I want a toy. I want a, a game. I want a thing. But like when you do get that, that first time you get like apparel and you're like, I want to show off something cool that I got, like a T-shirt. Like oh, I yeah. always go back to like the classic, like fucking freshman year of high school. Mom let me shop at Target and get what got my cool Massimo shirt, so I kind of always want to. Hey guys, did you see name brand? <laughs> yeah, like, you got it at Target. It's you not... poor. <laughs> That's right. You got me. No you man, didn't go to Italy and go to the Massimo store. Oh, I was always I my fifth grade birthday present. I think I've talked about it on here. What well, what's the like the one thing I had to have? Pair of the tightest, <laughs> most beautiful. Guess jeans, black as night, guess jeans in fifth grade. So just show us. It's like, what in the world? Like, who do you, th- who did I think I was? Like, Luke Perry? So I just, <laughs> that was my gift. Oh my God. My dad must have been like, what, what is, what does he want? What have I done? What, <laughs> what have I raised? This is my son. This is my youngest son. Oh, uh, black no, guess Claudia Schiffer. I remember. <laughs> Cindy Crawford from a Gap commercial. Oh, man. Uh, I wanted a CD player. Oh, yeah, sure. So bad. And it was like middle school, probably. So, again, the community, because like you, brothers, here's your gift, all of you together. They got a CD player. Like a boombox? No, like a a Discman. Oh, well, yeah, okay. But the Discman came in this giant... Zipper, there's a zipper pouch for the discman, a zipper exactly pouch for the headphones. Yeah. You zip the bottom open and that's where you put your suite CDs of CDs, except we didn't have a CD player until that point, so it was uh Garth Brooks greatest hits. Beautiful. Presidents of the United States of America, and then my grandparents got me Sergeant Peppers. Nice mix. <laughs> so just like I remember sitting there that Christmas as my other brothers, my two brothers were staring at me, just waiting, waiting desperately. Turn. It's like it's the depression and listening to Orphan Annie. On I was going to say you're looking at the radio, yeah. And they're just like, when you're done, when you're done with that disc, I'm like, no, 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 two more songs. They're like, no, no, you, you're going back. You're starting the disc over. Tra- no, it's skip. Keep skipping. <laughs> because <laughs> it wouldn't take anything to make that fucking thing skip and just like sitting there like mm, sergeant peppers mm. i had i had the discman experience i had the discman as a gift but i didn't have like a regular cd player even for the house so my discman yeah. as part of it i got like two mini sony so brand name speakers Ooh, yeah. with it like just tiny little versions of speakers and this is depression era right here like you got to use every part of the buffalo so the box that the discman came in i cut holes out of the box the discman came in and then i pushed the speakers in so my discman became like a 
uh, like a shoebox <laughs> suitcase boombox. You can imagine walking down the street in your guest jeans with your I was paw angles with your shoebox discman just skipping like crazy. You can push the button in for extra bass. Oh, oh God, man. yes, that one. The stabilizer? Did yours have the stabilizer? It had a hand. I think I didn't pay the extra for the stabilizer, but it had a homemade stabilizer, which was the styrofoam that the packaging came in. Yeah, right. I, I dug out, styro, I dug it out like a like a mole, the inside, and you just shove that, shove that disc in inside. <laughs> and then you got to weasel it out to put a disc in. You got to open the top. Uh, I... I I'm certain the stabilizer button, the bass button, it's just a needle that scratches the shit out of those fucking CDs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's be- all I remember was, like, being able to... The only CDs I could afford on the the allowance was you go to the fucking get the CD used. shop and the sound station sound and get them used. Station, yeah. The scratchiest version of less than jake that album i was like yeah i can't wait give a little <laughs> oh yeah no it's good sounds good it was uh yeah it was before the era of like uh like you order something used on amazon it makes perfect sense because they guarantee it that old rat that worked at sound station he was not he perfect if he didn't like that band if he didn't like pet shop boys he's gonna take out his black nail polish pinky nail and give that a <laughs> god that was such a cds were such a racket like and when it was just like that like sound station like you would order something called an import and they'd be like oh, 35 yeah. 40 bucks for like a nirvana import which i don't know why it's called import isn't it just like a bootleg cd from like a concert or something or it's like uh, it was from probably russia like right it was issued in like japan or something right so, so it had the same fucking so yeah, the, I remember that second import section. I forgot care. it was like forty dollars. Luckily, my buddy Adam dated some shoplifter. She stole so <laughs> many CDs; it was crazy. <laughs> like to the level of, like, like felony level. Like she right, come like out of the there with like gonna twenty come down CDs. On you guys. Oh yeah, it's like good fellas. You guys are flush with CDs, and everybody's like, I know that those two hooligans work at the goddamn Kmart. Right, yeah, they can't exactly. afford that many CDs. And then she comes after me like that that goon with his wife in the fur jacket. She's like, "I told you not to listen to those CDs, didn't I? Say don't listen to those CDs for three months." I'm like, yeah, but I, 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 they're her CDs. I told her to say they were her CDs, and then we end up with two in the head under a bridge. Oh, was I? Um, oh, I was doing some research, and I think oh, possibly I you can. You can stop me. I'm going to start. Christmas may come early to the Frywald house. Okay. Because I got, was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this book and it's fucking, it's JFK book. Okay. So I'm just going to go into it because I was like, this is fucking fascinating. I don't know if Hans has heard about it, but it's, they were like, yeah, this, the book posits like, this is the reason that JFK was assassinated. And it's a reason I hadn't heard of before, probably? No, that's what I was curious. You may you may have heard of it, or you may not have. I don't... So basically, like... All right, I guess I, I got my notes here. I'll start. Go uh, for so it. we got... The backdrop is nineteen year 1960. Mm-hmm. Presidential debates, we know that. 
Yeah. These are the first debates debates to be televised. Nixon, Kennedy. So you got Nixon, who we know is a political animal. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen like uh, the um, like he's just like he's a debate monster. Yeah, he's incredible. Like he's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, he's he's not the guy you want to fucking mess with in the debate, let alone if it's fucking televised. But then you got JFK, super handsome. I didn't realize how fucking sick he was. Oh my god, he was on death's door numerous times. He he had last rites given to him a couple few times. Didn't, like reading it, I was like, holy crap! He was so sickly as a kid. They thought he had leukemia. Yeah, yeah. So he had that Addison's disease, mm-hmm. which is it, like attacks your lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. As we know, his bad back from the war, dad back. All the drugs they were Dude, pumping him full of, boats. methamphetamines and shit. That's what. That's this is the thing I didn't realize. So I guess he couldn't. JFK couldn't really stand. At, they had to make special lecterns. Like he's like FDR. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't be at this lectern because his back would give out, and if he looked down too long, he would just like pass out. Sure. Okay. Just because he's so fucking like just in constant horrible pain. Mm-hmm. Special lecterns, but then you're looking, staring down the barrel of, this is television. You can't hide this shit anymore. Sure. So if he faints on national television. It's over. Which it's, you'd find out the lost. reverse is true. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Uh, so I guess he got, because he was in all this pain, got hipped to this doctor in New York. Feel good. Dr. Feelgood, Max Jacobson. Mm-hmm. Who I didn't realize... Is the Forrest Gump, actual Forrest Gump, of the 20th century. Like all the people he dealt with? So, yeah. So, I didn't know, like, Max Jacobson, born in July 3rd, 1900. Mm-hmm. In, and I love this on Wikipedia. It just said, German Empire. And I was like, ah, it's so great. Like, oh, that's wow. that era. yeah. Prussia. Like, Pre-World War One. So, super, like, he's like Polish. He's a, a Polish Jew. Born mm-hmm. in Germany, like a middle class, well to do family. Yep. I guess yep. Uh, as a child, like just like a good kid, smart kid. Uh, I guess he was fucking around. He like ripped his leg open on a fence. So they had to call a doctor. And the doctor showed up and he showed up in like a brand new automobile. And he's uh, dressed gotcha. in that, the hat, the goggles, the leather gloves. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the coolest looking dude. So that was the moment Max Jacobson as a kid is like, I want to be a motherfucking doctor. The doctor. That guy is fucking dope. Mm-hmm. He is a pin, rich, powerful. Cool. I want to be a doctor. So he grows up in Germany, becomes a general practitioner as the rise of, you know, after World War. Obviously, he was born in 1900, so World War One ends and he's 15. Goes to school, becomes a doctor, starts a general practice, uh, and then the brown shirts are on the rise. Sure. And he sees them beaten up on some some woman. So him being like, I'm a doctor, I'm altruistic, he steps in. Uh, they kick the shit out of him, obviously, and put him on a list. And he's on the run. He yeah. hides in this fucking abandoned factory and hears some skittering behind him. He's like, what the fuck? It's another dude that's on the run, hiding. It's fucking Albert Einstein. Ah, uh, yeah. Here we go. Here's so he the gum. Meets up, pals around with Albert Einstein on on the sneak. Uh, still again, like operating his 
trying to just always one step in front of the Nazis as sure. they're on the rise. Uh, I guess a he got he was famous in his community because back then I didn't I never thought about it, but there's no diagnostic equipment. Okay, so to like go to a doctor is like a Columbo episode where they're just asking you questions and weird going back and forth and just just circles, circles, circles. But I guess he had a knack for he <laughs> sounds so creepy. He was like he would sit down look you dead in the eyes and ask you like five questions, six questions. And most of the time he was always right. So he's like a Somali, a good Somali. A. Yeah. So he could always pick out what was wrong with you, fix you up real quick. No bullshit. All right. So yeah, so he got known in the community for being like a fucking miracle worker. So I guess there was one night a brown shirt shows up at his door Knocks on the door. He's like, fuck, they got me. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, I have gonorrhea. I can't go to a proper doctor. So this guy hooks him up. And also what this doctor was known for on the side is he makes elixirs. Sure. So he cures this brown shirt and the guy apparently just goes, I could never say thank you to you. You're on the top of the list. You need to get the fuck out of here. To thank him for curing his gonorrhea because he can't go to a, a proper doctor in his mind. Uh, so what he does to like sweeten the pot and throw a little red meat to the Nazis is he gives them this formula that he has created. So they mm-hmm. take it, they let him go. He goes to France. Uh, the formula he gave them would be known as Stuka tablets, tank mm-hmm. chocolate, Herman Goering pills. Yep, I know. It where was you're patented. Going. He took it. They took his formula, gave it to a German company, and created per- pervitin. Mm-hmm. Every soldier and took it. If you look it up, it's like Dr. Pepper. This shit is everywhere. I Google it. It's like, it has a funny name. There's like Pervin. It's pervy. Straight up fucking crystal meth. Yeah. They say it could be the reason like the Nazis lost the war. Like, yeah. The thing is, Adolf Hitler was so anti-drug, but the Nazis were so overworked. And obviously think about it. It's like Germany taking on the world. So these guys are all like just just they're up for forty eight hours like it's so they show these little tablets they're just little little white little miracle pills they were fucking so giving they, out like cigarettes they, they were told they were fucking vitamins mm-hmm like pet pills a pep you up pet hey it's that's pep. so interesting yeah I was so reading about he that inv- that was his formula Gumped that them. formula for meth is became perm- pervitin which was the Nazi fucking crystal meth yep yep. So he's in uh, France. He goes to the uh, uh, Louis Pasteur school, like mm-hmm. a super famous medical school. He's there, like teaching. He's there, like being a doctor. While he's there, he meets, uh, makes friends with this other high end doctor, and this doctor introduces him to fucking Sigmund Freud okay. and Carl Jung. Jung, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he pals around with them, and hanging out with them, it forms his view of medicine like how to practice medicine so he believed you could treat disease by just removing pain Mm, okay so that was what he was doing he was basically just took crystal meth and mixed it with like monkey gonads and human placenta opium maybe oh and just made because he thought 
if the pep, the pain-freeness could get you good and straight, he could take care of the all the methy aftertaste, like the teeth falling out, oh, right, and right, going right. fucking insane. So that was his, he believed he could do this. He believed by mixing all this weird shit like eel semen. Like they described his office. So he leaves France because the Nazis obviously invade France, invade mm-hmm. Paris. Moves to New York City where he's working. And they described him as like, he's muscular, but he's got a pot belly. So okay. he looks like a fucking mad scientist. He's got like crazy oh. hair, glasses, kind of trollish. But they Gringa? said his... His yes, no, exactly. His office was just disgusting. Like, like he, Frankenstein. Yeah, like he had like bits and pieces of animal next to food. Like it was like horrifying. Got him. I got a visual on him. Okay. Uh, so he's in New York, and while he was in France, he would work with other like people on the fringe because just like the brown shirt, he treated the brown shirt. He would treat these people and got to know all these actors, mm-hmm. these vaudeville actors. So when they all come to America to evade the Nazis, they're all just palling around in New York City. And because he knows them, he starts treating them and their actors. So he just becomes like, as you had said earlier, known as Miracle Max, mm-hmm. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. So all of these famous people and like, here's the list of his clients. Truman Capote, maybe. It's Lauren Bacall, Ingrid Bergman, Leonard Bernstein, Humphrey Bogart, Yul Brenner, Maria Callas, Truman Capote, Montgomery Cliff, Rosemary Clooney, Cecil B. DeMille, uh, Marlon Dietrich, like Hedy Lamar, every Liza Minnelli, like all these famous people. And they'd come to him and he was like, nah, this is like vitamins. Yeah, you're good. vitamin mix, man. And they'd come and they'd fucking, I feel great. Of course. So the, it's 1960 now, and one of his patients was Marilyn Monroe. So in the cycle, everybody knows him now. So that's when JFK gives him the call. So they're doing this debate prep, and he just, like, can't. He just can't right, make hurting. it through. He can't just. So they call Miracle Max. Miracle Max comes, gives him a shot. Boom, snaps up. Rushes and they're it. like He's like a fucking phoenix. Yeah. Debate prep turns into the JFK that we know. Oh, absolutely. After he gets this dose. So they still doing debate prep, dude. Again, boom, he's great. They're like, fuck, we're going to we're gonna fucking destroy Richard Nixon. Fuck that guy. And because he's taking fucking meth and doing debate prep, he gets laryngitis because he's just not stopping. He just can't stop. Right, right, right. <laughs> so fucking Miracle Max injects him in the fucking throat with meth. And it works. And it works. Kennedy shows up for those debates, fucking kicks Richard Nixon's ass. Velvety, rich voice. Full, just meth neck. Just oh meth necking. Uh, yeah, so this guy, like I said, he had all of these famous uh, patients. And one of them was also Mickey Mantle. Okay. Who we know busted his fucking knee and tore a ligament on that storm drain. Hitting the like thing same, in the outfield, yeah. Yeah. Famous injury. If it happened now, easily repairable. But back then, you just can't. Like, it That's it. Cut your yeah. entire leg open. Sure. And you're out of commission. So he goes to fucking Max. Max gives him these meth injections. And that's... So when he's going against Maris, 
and he got oh my god injured. he got fucking sepsis from these fucking shots that were full of fucking rotten meat and methamphetamine like he had to get pulled out of the season he would have beat roger maris well think about it though what have you even been keeping up with game, roger maris though without true. the meth yeah. can't can't beat that rock that corn-fed north dakota boy Oh, without yeah, some sock and dingers. Meth. Oh, but yeah, a, you're right. Forrest a Gump. short beer. A short beer at lunch. No, you so know, to just like tie it back around. So they have the uh, Nick's uh, obviously uh, Kennedy is elected president. Mm-hmm. He's getting these shots from Miracle Max. Miracle Max is dosing everybody, including Jackie O. He has like they were saying he he would send out like he'd go through like 900 syringes in a month. And that's because he's tooting himself up, but he'd send, like, care packages. So when Kennedy wasn't getting a shot from him, he had his own stash where he was shooting himself. And because Max was known in celebrity circles, he was being followed by the FBI and the CIA, who fucking hated JFK. Hoover. to dismantle them. Hoover, yeah. So that's... 1962 when that Vienna Peace Summit was uh, where he meets Khrushchev for the first time? Uh, 61 or 62. Uh, uh, let's see. Cuban Missile Crisis is 62. Right. Six, Cuban this Missile is crisis? before. Because this is post, this is post yeah. Bay of Pigs, post the construction of the Berlin Wall. So JFK is coming in on his fucking back foot. And Khrushchev hands him his, hands him his just... lunch. Right, so they go to this meeting, and Khrushchev is just at his, on his ass, just yep. after his ass, after his ass. He leaves this meeting, he's like, and he brought Max with him. So this guy is in Vienna, the fucking meth doctor. He's, they're like, I mean, he got a shot before the meeting, okay, let's give him another one. So now he's two shots of meth in, Yeah. JFK goes back in, Khrushchev's on his fucking ass again. Just up his ass, on mm-hmm. his ass, just punch, 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 punch. Comes out. He's like, I need another dose. Shot. Yeah. Third. So three fucking shots of God knows how much methamphetamine. <laughs> goes right. back in. Khrushchev is just dogging his ass. It's because Khrushchev fucking knew. What do you mean? They The KGB, because the CIA oh. and the FBI were on him, they broke into his office to check his files. And he kept, like, basic files, which is, like, sure. patients, no information. So the FBI and CIA flip his house. His guard is, he's like, okay, good, I'm in the clear. KGB sneak in and find out exactly what's in it. So Khrushchev knew that JFK was getting dosed with meth. He knew that JFK was a drug addict. So he could manipulate and it. That's why he was dogging him. And that's why the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. Because he was pressing him. He's like, this guy's fucking off his fucking I got, board. yeah, he, they I say that got Khrushchev you. got a weakness. Yeah, he could, I he could detect you. that. Yeah. And it was that. He's just like, this guy's high as a fucking kite, dude. So that ties into, I will say JFK was clear headed enough to get out of the missile crisis. Yeah. But that's what they think the reason the assassination happened because apparently. On his steroids for his Addison's, if you take meth, mm-hmm. it makes you incredible Hulk horny. So he it, was just oh. always like, like in heat. 
Sure. And he would dodge the uh, Secret Service and go to New York and get dosed by Miracle Max. And then I guess go to he town. would just run roughshod in these fucking hotels. Like, off his fucking rocker. Just like, Ugh! And I guess he's a pillow talker. So it all goes back to they were afraid that JFK, while he was high and in bed with these women, the Russians would sneak a spy in and he would just spill the beans about anything, everything. So the CIA wanted him out. Yeah. On top of him trying to dismantle the CIA, they're like, he's also an insane, insane person. He's high on meth constantly. Because that's one thing people forget. Like, there are reasonable doctors. It was going back all the way to World War II and people talking to Hitler and everything. And they were like, um, maybe not to Hitler, but the people that you could actually get through to or, yeah. you know, because you just weren't going to tell Hitler anything he didn't want to hear. But reasonable yeah. doctors were like, you need to stop giving these soldiers these pills because they're all becoming addicted pill heads. And it's yeah. affecting the way they work. Like, this is not going to turn out well in the long run. Yeah. And it didn't. And the same thing with, like, Max Jacobson. It's like a a, comp, a competent doctor actually weaned mm. Jackie Kennedy off of these off of doses. These vitamin shots. They couldn't get – JFK was never going to do it. But, like, she, like, finally, like – she had to, like – she had to detox from it. So there were reasonable yeah. doctors out there that were like, this is an insane thing. It's yeah. not just, like – yeah, he's just getting, you know, that's the it's the times. Yeah. We take laudanum. No, I love I it. Just was, I lo yeah, was like, he was nuts. Because you, like, you hear about it. Like, I knew the Hitler thing. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, Hitler, that meth. Like, it didn't stop there. Like, it just no, no. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, they're yes. just, it was just delusional because Hitler was super anti-drug. But as long as you said it was medicine, he's all right. for it. Like, that's the thing about, like, the Nazis. Prince. Like, why Prince died. Right, right. And, and Michael Jackson. drugs or, or Elvis. The same. Elvis, yeah. yeah Elvis is one of the shit. patients. That's what all the doctors are doing now with opiates. It's, it's the they, same They're shit. like, no, we're pain managers. It's like, no, you're feel good, you know? Because giving out hundreds of pills. It's just Adderall. They've yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. Oh, so much Adderall, yeah. To, it's the same. Oh, what was I going to no, say? No, but like, it's just so insane to me. It was like, of course, it's like right there. And it fits in with the whole, like, since Woodrow Wilson. They're just oh, like, yeah. We're going to cover this up. We'll agree. Because I guess JFK, they floated a fake note to this doctor. Mm -hmm. So the press would take it. And they're like, oh, he, he sent this letter to Miracle Max, the Dr. Feelgood. And then JFK's people were like, that's a fake letter. Screw you! So it threw the fucking press off the trail. Threw us off the off the smell. They floated a fake letter. I I love that if there was uh if there was the internet in the time of JFK, like one of the first um, uh the first uh, what's that show? Interventions was a ex porn star who became addicted to meth and wouldn't leave his house because he like was not just addicted to meth, he was addicted to masturbation, so he would just sit at his computer. Do you remember this? He would sit oh, at his yeah. computer under an Afghan and just masturbate like eight hours a day. <laughs> just like a fucking gorilla. <laughs> so maybe they maybe if old JFK had um porn tube or whatever it's called, he'd be he'd be okay.
yeah, just just let let him let him go. Give just, a couple hours in the okay. Oval Office. Yeah, it's that's crazy. It's just like like the amazing aspects of history that Mac Jacobson is thing. But like they say, Woodrow Wilson, the reason like we got shafted on uh, the Treaty of Versailles after World War One is because he came down with the Spanish flu. Oh, and right. he and he couldn't like negotiate like he was going in hot and it was all good. And the flu like overtook him until finally, like the last day he was so sick. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I just agree to all, all your fine. terms. I gotta go home. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Because it's like even back then, it's like you're so sick. And it's not like you can hop in your car. Right. Hop on the jet and we'll be home in a few hours. It's like he's got to get on a steamer. Right, exactly. Three weeks to get home. So, A, you're sick, and you're like, great, I have three weeks of being sick on a boat. Great, awesome, let's just go, fuck it, yeah, I'll sign it. And he was like, Wilson had, must have had the hot, he was such an angry, just sharp, skinny, intellectual racist. Like, he had four or five strokes before the one that finally took him down. Like, he was, strokes were like, strokes were like a... Like a, a hangnail to him. He had one like every five yeah. months, <laughs> constantly having strokes. That's what they say. Like uh, his wife was is basically the first female was president because she was like she just took the reins. She's like they can't see this. Because was it like the last year of his? Presidency he was done. Yeah, I think that was, was his second vegetable? wife. Yeah, yeah, yep. No, so I was like, I believe this fucking JFK thing. Why not? Like. Because, like you said, it started with Wilson, his wife was president, like, Reagan, <laughs> fucking Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's no strange. I, it's so funny. I was thinking about, like, how, um, where are we at? I was thinking about how uh, the 2020 election is still permeating, not just yeah. still, is essentially permeating our political social consciousness. Like, it is going to be here forever. And oh, yeah. And it's on both sides. It's like so consuming. And I started thinking about um, presidential elections. And what's interesting is I don't think in one way or another there's ever been a legitimate presidential election. Something Mm -hmm. has always come in and you don't know the manipulations that have ever happened. I'm not saying like ballot boxes and all this shit and voting stuff but like there's been doubt in every election uh the first trump election right it was the Mm -hmm. uh fbi leak of the emails boom that could have thrown it off uh obama Mitt romney boom right at the end some weird thing leaks uh of him at some dinner talking about the poor yes that's right boom out uh mccain uh what happened right at the end it was something weird with uh uh not like a it might have been a palin scandal but i think i can't think right off the bat oh, with yeah, mccain but they got her they got her with the like you can see russia from your house my house yeah that, that was like but there was something like something always happens at like the zero hour but then you go what's the next one right before that is um oh bush gore obviously bush gore that's a huge one obviously that that went a different way and then um you know skip a few like thing hinky about carrie the nixon oh swift boat swift boat swift oh yes swift boat you have kennedy they say he 
really didn't win the election because the mob just got him those final votes in Chicago or the machine. Like he legit. Oh yeah, there are stories of those like people in Louisiana. They're like, yeah, my dad would meet. My, Paul Ingalls met with uh, this drifter, yeah, Italian guy from uh, Chicago. He, all he does is drive through with a suitcase full of money, uh, just LB- looking to pay people. LBJ, one of the most corrupt politicians, getting all those votes, Democratic votes in Texas. Nixon, yep. you have Watergate. Uh, um, 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 Ford, obviously Ford, that's a given. Uh, you have Harding with uh, them sending his mistresses away on a Japanese cruise. Uh, yeah. Let's see, you have, what was the big one? You have the corrupt, corrupt bargain. The you have Dewey Truman. Dewey Truman, you, there's never been a legitimate election. Somebody needs to write about that so it can take the temperature down and just be like, what are you guys talking about? They're just settle down. Pink. It's never been fucking it's legitimate. It's never been. There's never been. Yeah, no, you're totally right. There's never been this like per like beautiful, perfect example of an even fucking our, our boy Lincoln. Ginning up votes at the convention like he's the most political animal. He's just as much as Nixon is. What about um and and before um the second election and to get of Lincoln? Yeah. It was uh what was he doing? He locking said, people up without vote. locking people up without due process. Like, he, he was he jailing his election. political opponents. <laughs> I mean I did have some win basically because he said, Oh yeah, the South can't vote, so fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I where's that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's never been legitimately democratic. So Allison, our buddy, just uh, mm-hmm. if we want to roll off on this, she posed a question on Facebook, which president would win in a fist fight? So who's the strongest fist fighter? Mm. Do you have an answer for that? Or do, what Ooh. do you think? I guess. Are we going, can we pick, are we picking an age? Are we going in office? Just. Or just from the timeline, you can go. You can give me any reason I, for your answer, whatever you am, wish. Am I getting too too in in the thick of it here? I guess I would say, I think it's probably close. I either gotta go, Abe, yeah, the old rail splitter, sure. or most likely, uh, Tr Teddy. That, the, he TR, was a pugilist. Tr was the most, um, uh. Responded president, the most answered president. I went. I say Grant could probably mix it up a little. He bit. was pretty little, and he and he fainted at the sight of blood. Um. Yeah, yours when he knocked you out, <laughs> and then he he knocks out <laughs> double 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 KO <laughs> TKO. Yeah. I said Andrew Jackson. Ooh, yeah. Oh, no, Hickory. That's a good one too. He's a murderer. But then I, you're right. I think Teddy or or Andrew. Teddy or Andrew. I think Abe's too peaceful, despite his days as a rat wrestler. But then I went through, and so I need to go through a list of the pros. But I went through each president, and I put either a single double word con of why they would be a bad fist fighter. And you tell me if I'm if I'm right or wrong on these. Washington diseased Adams. Nerd, Jefferson, yep. Dandy, Madison, yep. Shrimp, Monroe, yep. too indoctrinated. It's a pun. <laughs> John Quincy, spoiled, 
Jackson, yep. Nutball, Van Buren, heels are too high. Harrison, poor decision maker. Tyler, he's a side piece. Uh, because he was Harrison's vice president. Polk, oh. fanboy, because he modeled yep. himself after Jackson. Taylor, <laughs> too rough, or rough and ready. Fillmore, he ghosts, forgettable. Pierce, <laughs> above the legal limit, is an alcoholic. Buchanan, puts things off, pushed away slavery. Lincoln, yep. doesn't cover all his angles. Ingles! <laughs> shot, shot in the head by Pa Ingles. <laughs> Johnson, Confederate Yankee. Grant, smokes. Hayes, too much lemonade. Garfield, gangrenous. Arthur, gangrenous. too much mutton. Cleveland, leaves too early. Harrison, granddaddy issues. Cleveland, shows up uninvited. McKinley, so last century. Roosevelt, too risky. Taft, tub junkie. Wilson, bad movie lover. <laughs> Harding, thinks with the wrong head. <laughs> Coolidge, Gosh. uncool. Hoover, try hard. FDR, mostly just sits around. <laughs> uh, let's see. Truman, he's always bombed. Uh, <laughs> Eisenhower, never breaks 100. JFK, doesn't go all the way. LBJ, open door dumpage. Nixon, quitter. Ford, he slips up. Carter, he amounted to peanuts. Reagan, <laughs> this is something a substitute teacher brings now that I'm reading it. Reagan, he acts up. Bush, doesn't have the stomach. Clinton, can't be defined. W. Bush, boots too tight. That's a nod to you. Obama, too cool for school. Trump, too dangerous. Biden, too optimistic. Now we need a list of pros. Eisenhower. Uh, Eisenhower. Because you you asked honest, and I was like, that maybe. Oh God. Eisenhower maybe could have ran the table honest. Well, they say so. So ah yeah, uh, Eisenhower. They say he. Oh God, I really want to get this. Uh, who ran against him? Stevenson, Adelaide Stevenson. Uh, you might be right. Let me look it up. Well, they say Eisenhower was really hands off. Like he was just like, I just want to golf. I don't want to hang out. Let's pull it up. Not the Eisenhower dollar. Eisenhower dollar. Yeah, he invented he invented his own money. Adelaide Stevenson was Adelaide. He was That's the Democrat a... from Illinois. Mm-hmm. He ran with Estes Kefauver, and then obviously Eisenhower. That's a ticket. Whoa! You don't see this anymore. Listen to this election. Uh, electoral votes Eisenhower got four hundred and fifty-seven. Old Adelaide seventy-three. Ooh, pocket change. <laughs> Holy Adelaide. shit! That's a uh, oof. I gotta give it to the guy for stepping stepping up. You're like, he yeah. just fucking won the second D- World fucking War. What D day. Fuck am I supposed to do? He got E dayed. Like you gotta run an act. You have to run Captain America to be able to beat him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They say like, uh, Republicans they changed the 
rules so nobody could run for more than two terms after FDR did his four terms. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they got control of the house or whatever, they made it so they put those officially two term limits. Right. And then as soon as that happened, well, after Truman, Eisenhower, like they were like, Eisenhower could have ran until he died in 70. No, it's conceivable he would have, there would have been no Kennedy and or Nixon. He could have, he could have easily... And then there could would have been no Vietnam because no Eisenhower could have yeah. put his fucking foot down and not just been such a meth horny masturbator because he's he's not you the industrial military complex they're not going to Eisenhower without he said it. he's In got a golf speech, club that's where the the phrase comes from I bet he Eisen, called them out Eisenhower and like you said he didn't want to do shit so why the fuck would he be like I don't start no fucking Eisen, Eisenhower started a petition to get a tree taken down at Augusta because it always interfered with his shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And they never would take it down. Just an old crank. I figure he's kind of like Larry David, maybe. Oh, that's a... I'd watch that movie. Oh, absolutely. Larry David as Eisenhower? That'd be perfect. You should be writing for Curb. It would be a whole episode. <laughs> Well, what All do you right. say, man? I think uh, we love you and there's not a dang thing you can do about it. Watch out for drifters. Everybody check your mailboxes for official jerk practice, logoed, mm-hmm. horse testicles, pig testicle. Inflated. Inflated. And also, if you're going to take meth, don't also take steroids. And uh, look, be a horny look for a sweet photoshopped image of Paw Engels. Backward, 360 dunking a horse testicle, a pig <laughs> testicle. Into a peach basket. Into a peach basket. Over Steve Buscemi. <laughs> the general master. Himself. Pa Ingalls dunks? Pa Ingalls dunks. Frontier Roseanne. Frontier Roseanne. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. We'd have the best Friday night lineup. <laughs> Muscle TV. Eh. Ooh, it's Medieval Cheers, my favorite. Again, that would be good. Uh, Sir Norm. <laughs> my liege. Oh, Cliffy the Jester. the Jester, of course. Cliffy the Jester. Uh, Woody the Village Idiot. Oh, Woody's always in the stocks. Uh, Sam. And, uh, yeah, Sam would be whatever the sex, the white knight. Who was the, who was the guy that stole the babe? Oh, right. What is it? It's uh, Guinevere. Lancelot. Oh, yeah, he'd be Lance. Sam's, Sam, Sam's a lot. <laughs> it's just a, like, medieval pub. <laughs> so bad. Such a dumb. Why weren't we writing for SNL in the mid '80s? Because Pesh, uh, Piscopo pushed us out. 